Hey, sorry for interrupting. This is Perry Kurtz, and I just want to tell you, I've got a new podcast. I know you're saying, oh, great, another one. Well, this one's different. It's called Happy News with Perry Kurtz. Happy news, good stuff, things to make you feel good about life. We're going to be talking to famous and infamous people that are friends of mine and discussing the happy news. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, and wherever you listen to your podcast, as well as watching us on Binge on This on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, you show them as we fly. Here again from this, that, and the other. As we fly. Take a breath. Relax. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? It's this, that, and the other from Binge on This Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, I am your friendly neighborhood co-host, Brian, joined today by the ever-present famous co-host, Sam. What's up, guys? How you doing? The main man, the man with the plan, the man who is not from Pakistan, but from France. And today we're joined by a good friend of ours, uh, the other half of the podcast, uh, Mr. Brian McClay. Uh, What's up, brother? What's up? Thank you so much. I'm stoked. Ooh, okay. All right. Too much, too much, too much trailer park uh, sound effects going on over there. Um, (laughs) How you been, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Thanks so much for taking the time to um, sit down with us, man. But yeah, Brian, do you just introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, tell the people who you are, kind of what you like, um, and kind of where you're from. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, um, I'm out here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, um, living, living the heat just like you guys are right now. Uh, and um, I do the podcast with Keith, obviously. Uh, I do like... God damn! I probably uh, got four other podcasts I'm on right now. Yeah, talk um, about them. What what podcasts are they? So that so that, you know. Yeah, we'll yeah. Them at I the do. End. I well, obviously, I do the podcast with Keith, which is just uh, I, I don't even know how to explain that. I think it's just like an interview style, obvi- uh, interview style show, kind of Rogan esque type thing. Yeah, because uh, you guys usually just have guests on, right? Exactly. Yeah. Usually just guests um every once in a while we'll do a, a like a solo show for us but you know we we always said that uh, in the beginning that we figured people didn't want to hear about us you know what i mean like they want to hear about people who are interesting we didn't think we were interesting and then we kind of got a lot of people saying no we want to hear about you guys and that was that was kind of cool but we, we usually nice. don't talk too much about us we try not to um but the other well, shows, you know, if there's a de- if there's a demand for it, you certainly don't want to exactly. you don't want to take away from that, you know. And frankly, anytime I have a conversation with you guys, like I'm, I always, you know, I feel really enlightened, even when, even when the mics aren't on, um, you know, like uh, even when we're just standing around and smoking when I'm in Arizona, you know, like we have, we have good, you know, in conversations. That's why I was so excited and adamant about you guys doing the podcast. You know, I think that's what the show kind of is about. I mean, me and Keith have been through a lot and we've been mm-hmm. through a lot together too. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about this pretty open. We're, we're both, uh, uh, longtime former drug addicts, mm-hmm. um, that kind of, uh, helped each other. Um, when I was using Keith wasn't when Keith was using, I wasn't. So it was kind of like, um, I, that probably, you know, kind of helped, uh, help the bond and stuff. So one of the things that we really try to talk about is, 
kind of positivity and like you said, enlightenment and trying to, trying to be a better, better part of the community, I guess you could say, without being too douchey, too social justice warrior ridiculousness. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah um, no, totally know what you mean. I, I get tired of that. I get to, I, I want to, my whole thing is I want to be real and I want to help on a real level. And I think cheesiness just destroys that. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of cheesiness out there with, with that stuff. So I, I, as long as you're on a real level and, and talking to people that have also kind of experienced that, I, I always say that I would rather go to war with 100 ex-drug addicts than uh, 100 people who have never touched a drug. And that's because I know that they've been through hell and back and, and you know, many times over and been able to get out of it, you know. So that's kind of what we try to explain to people is, hey, there's a lot of stigmas out there that people don't want to hear about, but that makes us who we are kind of thing. So yeah. plus we're, we're also kind of, you know, big, big jokers and stuff like that. Just like you guys, we, we like to laugh. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys aren't that serious. I mean, you know, because it, it, it makes it it makes it sound like it's like a very, very, very serious show. Yeah. But no, 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 you guys have a good time. Not. Yeah, yeah you that's guys definitely time. not the impression yeah. we want to give. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of chuckles and and you know there's a lot of I mean laughs and like there's genuine you know eventually if you get enough episodes in you start getting in on jokes like you know and you start getting on like little tidbits from like episode five and ten like and it's just I mean I can't say you know I'm not gonna sit here and live manage to make it through all of them you know but um but I mean the ones that I've listened to you know I'll sit down and I will listen through them you know there's no BS about it it's genuinely a great conversation you know you and Keith you know, uh, have learned how to really kind of like balance each other out when it comes to questions and your interview styles. And it's just, yeah. you know, we say it all the time to each other because we're pumping each other up all the time. But I mean, it's just really good to see you guys learn, like, and just kind of like see the podcast grow into something different, you know? Yeah. That's, you're 100% right because that's what it's been. It's been a learning experience to the max. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, um, but yeah, man, but you also, you know, you're, you're out in Arizona. Are you an Arizona boy? I, I am. I, I was born in Nevada and uh, we moved out here when I was like five or six. So I've been out here for, you know, as long as I can remember. Um, I actually, it's funny because I grew up, uh, I grew up in the same area that I almost live by now. And all of my friends, like all my, of my best friends that um, there's like six of us and uh, we are super close like brothers. And every once in a while, you see one of them show up on podcast. But we all grew up within like a, you know, like a two-mile radius of each other. And we're still super good friends to this day. Uh, me and my brother talk about it. I had the perfect uh, childhood, like growing up. You know what I mean? We were in a perfect little neighborhood, yeah. super, super safe, yeah. no crime ever. My, my dad was the baseball coach, football coach, basketball coach for me and my brother. You know what I mean? Like the leave it to beaver type childhood. Yeah. And there's some nice uh, places in Phoenix like that too, where it's just neighborhood, yeah. neighborhood, neighborhood. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It was amazing. I, I couldn't have had a better childhood. And um, I, we, we kind of go back to that a lot. And it's funny because uh, you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, how oh, your, your, your environment really shapes you. And it does to a fact, um, but I think that's that's proof that your environment doesn't have a big of a sh you know a, a, an effect on you that you think it does, because you could grow up in a perfect perfect system and still have issues. Everybody has issues. 
Yeah. But anyways, I, yeah, I grew up in the, in a, in a perfect, perfect fucking place. You know what I mean? It, uh, like Sam said, it, Phoenix is, or at least in the eighties and nineties was, uh, one of the best places to raise. It's very, family. very easy living. I mean, yeah, for sure. Cause I, when you I know, moved out there, I was, it was probably sixth, seventh grade for me, late, mid to late eighties, late eighties. And, uh, yeah, dude, it was just, I keep going back to Phoenix anytime like life gets too hard. I'm like, man, go back to Phoenix, easy living, Circle K's. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Circle K's, you're right. Yeah. I love you're it, man. Right. Dirt, uh, uh, circle K, dirty Circle K feet, man. Yeah. That's right. You know, Sam spent a lot of time in Arizona. A lot of people forget <laughs> that. You know, he's he's French, but he, you did spend some formative years in Arizona, didn't you? Yeah, well, it was like travel, travel, and then it would be back to Phoenix. Travel, travel. Or even when I was living overseas, every summer I'd go back to Phoenix to see my grandparents, um, you know, things like that. So to me, yeah. whenever I smell that Phoenix asphalt, it just reminds me of uh, summer. Yeah. Yeah, once, you yeah. Start, once that hits the nostrils, man, it's just boom. It's like mom's cooking. You're just in and you're out of it. Man. You're like, <laughs> Oily asphalt. Oily it's funny. asphalt. It's funny because uh, people who, you know, grew up in Arizona and the desert hate it. And uh, people who, who haven't grown up here love it. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I'll be the first one to say, you know, uh, I, I spent, you know, a little time in Arizona and um, I, I, I couldn't go back, man. I, I would go back if, like if I mean, I would go back if I had to and like to visit and see some friends like but Arizona just. It's a very – I have a lot of respect for the guys who stayed in Arizona when uh, during the gold rush, the people who made this huge move west, the ones who came north from Mexico, you know, everything like that. And they, they decided to just stop in Arizona like it was a good plan. Like, and then they just stayed there, you know, and it's just – it's, it's crazy to me, you know. It's unbelievable. Like, and, but they're there in such a harsh terrain and and some people genuinely love it like they they genuinely love it but it's not for me man there's very few few things that are worse than 120 degree summer days in arizona yeah i'm sorry i just that's not my, that is not for me i don't care how close i was born to the equator just because i was close to there just like that's not an excuse to be to deal with 120 degree weather as far as i'm concerned I will say uh, one thing about Arizona that um, we don't get a lot of uh, when you watch like media and stuff like that, you kind of get this feeling about Arizona. But one thing I will say, if you've lived in Arizona, especially if you grew up here, the whole racism aspect is really not, you don't see it very often. You know what I mean? Like people act like uh, it's super right wing out here. And, you know, yeah, I always of, said Arizona was a red state that liked to smoke weed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. Like uh, my parents, like, like I said, when the neighborhood I grew up in, I had friends of all race and creed and I didn't know about racism until really late in, 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 you know, my life. And I remember the first time I heard somebody say the N word and, uh, blazing saddles. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was in school, but I think I must've been in like the third or fourth grade, fifth grade, you know what I mean? Mm. And I didn't know. That's what I'm talking about. Like it, it's very, um, it wasn't spoken about at home or anything like, no, like racism has never been an issue to me and my family. Now don't get me wrong. It's there. Yeah, you, you, if you look for it, you're gonna find it. But we we grew up in a neighborhood that was really void of that, to be honest. And 
when there was, those people seemed to be kind of ostracized. You know what I mean? Like you knew about it. So I, I, me and my brother talk about that all the time is that we really grew up in that, in that perfect uh, environment other than the fucking heat. I mean, I remember g- getting home and my, both of my parents worked at the time and my brother, I, I, uh, wait for my brother to get you know out of kindergarten or, or you know early school, and I would take him home with me. And I was a latchkey kid, you know, yeah. a little fucking key on the on the on the necklace, you know, yeah. that was a shoelace, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we would go home. We would throw our fucking book bags. Actually, there's my brother right there. Hey, oh, the man in the background, nice. the man behind the scenes of the podcast. Yes. Good to see um, you, brother. Uh, so. We would we would get home, throw our book bags, and then jump on our bikes and head to the desert because back then you could go in any direction and within ten minutes you were in the desert. You know what I mean? And yeah. we would be out there fucking around. And I remember the first time uh you know, my mom came home and saw a rattlesnake head sitting on the doorstep. She was like, That's it. I'm not working anymore. And yeah, I mean, that's the type of place Arizona was. Like it was it was like that old school go out. The kids go out, they come back at, at, at when the lights come on. And, you know, it was, it was a great place to grow up. And I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But Well, it sounds like just by that story, you've, you've, you've knocked me down a few pegs for my, for my hate. Not necessarily hate, but... Um, it's but, there. Know. Don't get me wrong. It's fucking there. I mean, there are a lot of... But there are douchebags in every place. Don't, you know. I guess maybe it's honestly, maybe my, my beef is literally just with the weather. I can't even say it it's is. about it bad is. people. I just, I can't. That's the only bad thing about Arizona because if really? you, go to any, you go to any other place, well, for example, Los Angeles, one year I'm afraid of uh, fucking fires. Another thing, I'm, I'm constantly afraid of an earthquake. Now I'm like, well, if there's a pandemic and, and everything's closed down, where do I go? I can't go anywhere. Yeah, but I'm not and scared then of people, anything. And so then people forget like also when, when you say Arizona, I hate, I, I, I hate when people say, oh, Arizona's so hot. It's like, no, southern Arizona's hot. Northern oh. Arizona's cool and normal. Gorgeous. You know? oh. Yeah, it's all green. There's, there's, yeah, and there's more. I, I believe there's more um, shore. I forget what, what the There's more water is. line than. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, there was something like the that. the state of it, California. It, it, and there's, I guess there's more boats per capita than San Diego. I don't know. It was something really? crazy like that where I was just like, what the fuck? More sure. But, um, a lot of people and, spend a lot of time out on lakes out here because you can do it year fucking round. Yeah. yeah. And um, if you want to go skiing, you can go skiing from what? Three hours outside, you know, drive from Phoenix, the, the hottest part of Phoenix, and then just drive three hours and you're, you're you know, snowboarding yeah. or whatever. That's actually, it's funny you say that because my favorite place, one of my favorite places in the whole world it's a town in northern northeastern Arizona called Greer, where we, it's one of the biggest mm-hmm. um, uh, skiing resort towns in Arizona, and it is fucking beautiful. Like you're, you're, it's, you feel like you're stepping into the Wizard of Oz. Like it's the emerald green, you know, beautiful pastures and valleys, rolling hills, uh, hummingbirds everywhere you look. You know, yeah. just beautiful. And and like Sam said, you go three hours and you could find another town that's just as beautiful but different. Yeah. It's it's definitely a cool place to be. You would uh, take the woods over the city yes. if you had to choose. Let's say if you had to choose for the rest of your life. Look at his beard, of course. I, I think I would. If, if I could be out there and not have to deal – like if I had good internet, okay. <laughs> you sign yeah. me up, man. I can't deal without internet. Like internet is too big of a, is too big of a game. This day and age, yeah. And you know with technology, I mean you can get one of those uh, fucking towers. You could live out in the middle of nowhere and it, it helps. You know What do yeah. they call that? you get your own a cell uh, tower a 5g grid. tower but you'll get yeah. cancer when you put one of those up 
Uh, speaking of beards, for our viewers or for our listeners who aren't viewing this, uh, Mr. McClay is a wonderfully um, huge, robust, uh, robust. robust grizzly atomish uh, beer. How did how does that do in the heat? The heat, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I'm used to it by now, man. I'm used yeah, to it by now. It's just every like, day. I don't think I don't think I'll ever shave my beard just because I've had it for so long. And I think I, I think I wouldn't recognize myself if I got rid of it. Have you, know you ever I mean? gotten gum in your beard? Uh, never gotten gum in my beard. No. What's the, what's the worst thing about the beard and what's the greatest thing about the beard? Never having to shave, number one. Okay. I fucking hate shaving. That's why I have a beard. Mm-hmm. I hate it with a passion. I'm one of those super pale Irish boys that... <laughs> When, when, when my, my skin is so fucking sensitive because it's just, it's just, I mean, it's translucent, you know, I, mean? <laughs> I, I hate shaving too, but whenever I, I, I cut, I just get one of those, um, fucking clippers. I just clip it and do the clipper yes. thing and, and it's like, yeah, but I, I'm with McClay on this one. It's such a fucking, it's a pain in the ass, bro. Like just the hair everywhere. face my... gets all caught up in the little blades and then you're, well, you guys feel thing. me with the hair. I mean, you guys, oh yeah. Hair. Yeah, like it's the same way without having. I don't have to go fucking have a haircut, you know. What Even I mean? your hair is long and luxurious. It's a pain it's in the ass, shimmer. though. Long hair is a pain in the ass. Don't you think it's a pain in the ass? I, I mean, hated I'm, it in Arizona. I almost cut it off like six yeah. times. It's horrible. Can't stand it. You know what and, I really hate with long hair? So, uh, go ahead, McClay. Sorry, I didn't make a joke. No, you were probably gonna say it. I hate fucking sh- shampooing and and and, yeah. uh, and conditioning it. Oh, see you know me. Like, I'll be honest. I, like, I, I do it like once a week, like once or twice yeah, same a week. With me. Like, I can't I do, do it every, every two weeks. It takes yeah, the, it, it takes all the essential oils out. It leaves your hair looking all brittle. You get these like weird like front head things that look all like. Yeah, well, Brian, yeah. You, you you do need kind of a cleanup though <laughs> with your hair. Yes, yes, I do. You're a hundred percent right. Oh, no, no, I think he might be. Well, I'm right there with you, dude. Like, yeah, I don't think I've gotten my hair cut in forever. It's it's got to be at least two years, man. Um, I, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, aren't you supposed to do? Well, yeah. I don't see any split ends, but like that type of shit, you're supposed to do just to keep it healthy. I think. Yeah. I need to take, I need to take Keith up uh, on uh, or uh, Jordan up on her offer. Keith's oh, that's girlfriend. right. I mean, Thanks yeah. a lot. Thanks it's always so nice fun. having a, a, a hair a hairstylist around, right? Absolutely. Yeah. My girl's usually the one that cuts my hair every once in a while, and I'm due for a for a, a quick due trim. for a haircut. Yeah, well, she just takes off like an inch, so that yeah. way, you know. Yep, that's yeah. So it's healthy, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially out here, for some reason, the weather in LA fucked up my scalp, man. I don't know what it is. I've never, never had any scalp issues until I moved out here to LA. Dried it yeah. out. Yeah, Probably yeah. Just which is water. Which is no, which is weird because I've lived next to the ocean. It's yeah. never been an issue. And yeah, in fact, when I live next, next to, to the, the ocean, ocean, when when I live next to the ocean, um, I actually had better skin because of the salt in the air and, and when i went swimming i was healthier my skin seemed healthier hmm. which how far weird. are you how, how far away are you guys from the uh from the the ocean uh, uh, i'm about 10 minutes yeah add what another 10 minutes for me if that yeah. yeah there is something about being next to a large body of water especially a large body of water that's flowing yes that is soul it, it's like a recharge to the soul yeah. yeah, you know, I think um, for me personally, a lot of that has to do with the immenseness of it, both with flowing water and just the actual idea of staring out into endless water, and like it, it's almost like when you uh, when you go you feel camping. like an ant, yeah, feel, and you look you up at the tiny. stars, it really, yeah. really, really aligns you to really sit down and just be like, 
And then you smoke weed and then you're like, and then you're I'm like, nothing. yeah, roll four twenties. No, but it was um, cool because like I've been I've been locked up for so long with this whole quarantine thing. And then we decided we had enough. So uh, we took a drive out to the beach. Well, we didn't walk around, but we, we went out and we were driving. And when we were getting closer, I could start smelling the air and I could smell the oh. salt in the air. And I was and yeah, you're right. Like I felt rejuvenated and it was really There's nice to see about the water. It. Very primal, yeah. very primal. As much as, you know, I don't believe in science. You know, the earth is flat, but they do say we came from the ocean. You know, yeah. I firmly believe in that. I think for most people, it's a very calming, calming effect to be back in the water, be near water. I do know some people that are afraid of it. I think Jane actually says that I she couldn't live next to a next to a beach because it would just be freak her out. Well, yeah. there is something about being in the ocean and you can't see, you know, below you that scares the fucking piss out of me. Well, I used to. So um, when I lived in, in Turkey, we basically every summer we would uh, our friends had this boat and you could stay on it. There was like 10 cabins on the fucking thing. It was big. And um, we would stay out there for a month or two. Not two whole months, but like it would be like two weeks here with a week break, another two weeks, and then this fuck, and then I would just lay there as a kid in the cabin, and I would think like I I have maybe two feet between me and the ocean right now. Of, oh yeah, just metal and stuff, and then there's just black abyss. I don't know what's on the other side of that right now. And that used to freak me out as a kid, as I'd lay there in bed trying to go to sleep. We're swaying a little bit, and I could hear a little bit of water hitting up against the the mm-hmm. the boat and i'm thinking to myself i could have a fucking creature twenty thousand fucking and you'd you never know, know huge underneath me i would no, have no clue yeah. that's scary yeah it used yeah. to freak me out sometimes but i was never afraid of the ocean as a kid i used to always go swimming like you know no care in the world no care about sharks and anything but for some reason trying to fall asleep on a boat that used to freak me out yeah, yeah. i uh, had a, what were you saying mcclay I had the same type of thing where growing up, um, my uncle lived up in uh, Puget Sound up in um, uh, by Seattle, right. and we used to go up there every summer, and he had a, a big boat, and me and my brother would sleep on it every, I mean, it was like, you know, where we stayed, and there is nothing better than sleeping on the ocean, whether it's docked, yeah. as long as it's in the ocean, you can hear that and feel that and it mm-hmm. rocks you to sleep and the sounds of the buoys and yeah i used to try to sleep on on deck so i could look up at the sky and uh it would get a little cold at night but but i would try to lay up there and yeah that that shit was nice look up at the fucking galaxy yeah i'm a big fan of uh like underwater exploring that james cameron type of stuff you know i have a big soft heart for soft spot for in my heart for atlantis and the idea of just having enough money that you created a huge enough sub to go and explore like and find like golden treasure. I think it's the kid, the kid in me. Shit. Yeah, yeah. That would just love the idea of just like finding a big box of just like gold and underneath water, you know, something that hasn't been recovered in 200, 300 years, you know, and just getting that little moss bit of it back. Over, and, seaweed all over it. And yeah, super, you know, just that just, yeah. you know, it, there's just something thrilling about that, you know, and I think I, that's my favorite I, part. I agree with you. I'm a big fan of history, man. I'm a big fan of being okay. around or holding something or, or you know, being associated with something that is super, super old. You know what yeah. I mean? That you can't fathom like how old that is. And, and that includes stuff that's, you know, you know, uh, less than a thousand years old. We think of stuff as less than a thousand years. Some people are like, ah, oh, it's not that old. That shit's fucking old, man. Like, I would love to live in uh, like England or like uh, France, like like yeah. Sam. I I don't know how. When was the last time you were there, Sam? 
I'm trying to think. I don't know. It's been almost 10 years now. I mean, I've traveled, but uh, since I lived there, yeah, almost 10 years. But, uh, but yeah, no, same thing growing up into it. Like even in Turkey, right next to our, our, our apartment, there would be, there was these castles that lined the Bosphorus that were defensive structures. And there's, there was, I mean, I would be walking, you know, and there's trees and the next thing, you know, there's a wall that's like 2000 years old and, or with, with a, with a grate, a grate from like the fucking uh, Ottoman empire. Yep. you know, in, into the sewers and I'd look down and you're just like, what the fuck? What's down there? What's all the way down there? Why did they have this great? And as a kid, you're just like coming up with all this imagination of history. And it was, it's awesome. You know, when, when you get to see it in person, that's why people travel. Yeah. I mean, why do you go see the pyramids? You know, yeah. historical, uh, re- religious his- history is real big f- for me. That's what yeah. I was going to ask. What, what, what history specifically? Um, I, I love, I love, I, there's two, 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 three periods for me. Uh, early Christian religious history. Just be, uh, I'll get into that in a second. But mm-hmm. um, then medieval history, medieval Europe, whether it's uh, England, French, um, Spanish, uh, all the medieval stuff. Even even like uh, the barbarian types, like Germany and stuff like that. Like I love shit like that. I'm a big, big, big historical. You know, that's all I do. That's all I watch. When I when I watch TV, it's YouTube and it's documentaries and shit. But I really fucking also love like the 20s, the the, the early 20s, the roaring 20s. Period. Yeah, when when they were fucking loving it up, and that's all over the world. In Paris, the twenties was fucking crazy. In Germany, the the twenties were fucking crazy. People were making money. Oh yeah, and having a good fucking time. Yeah, yeah. tattoos that's, and orgies. That, yep, and that's what I love. And I love like I love movies from that time period. I love movies from like pre-code uh, uh, movies, pre-code era, where because it feels like you're in a time machine. You know what I mean? Like that shit isn't recreated. That's from that time period. Yeah, and that's life for them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, minus the story, but you can the the look, the feel, the way they talk. That's like being in a fucking time machine. Yeah, that's the same thing. I went to this museum in France, and they showed like uh, it was a museum of um, film from the earliest film from 1900s, late 1800s, or where they they compiled pictures to make film. It was the first yep. like where they were trying to make these reels. They realized like, oh, if we put all these frames together, we can make someone look like they're moving. And I saw the, all this footage from like the 1910s, 1920s. And I'm like, this is fucking surreal like looking at their clothes looking at all that shit you're just like this is so surreal this is a time warp i'm, I'm in another time yeah yeah, shit. yeah absolutely but, um, and like i think the more advanced i remember reading a really short story once about um a guy who created a machine that was able the time to time machine <laughs> that was able back to, to back to the future go back <laughs> and listen to that was able to go back and listen to sound radio and uh the short story took place with the guy taking the machine to gettysburg on the field and he stood you know as close as he could approximate to where uh lincoln did his speech and he turned the machine on and the machine you know starts picking up radio the the sound waves that lincoln made and you hear in the story essentially you hear lincoln's voice 
uh, come out and start proclaiming, you know, the Gettysburg Forest Guards and second years ago. Isn't that the and, story where he tries to tell people that he it works and then he brought it back? He, he brought someone to show them and, and, and he the machine broke or something? That sounds kind of, something along those lines. Because, but I like, I mean, that specific moment that I described is the only thing that I can that I can really remember about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always fascinated by the ability of maybe going back or, you know, just time travel in itself without creating a, any type of change is so difficult to, to, to conceive. Um, it's impossible. It's impossible, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, I but believe, I don't what, know. You, you just split realities. You know, now you have two different realities. Yeah, I mean, what do you like? Is that what do you think? Do, how do you think time travel works on your end, uh, Brian? What what makes you feel most secure? Let me let me tell you the the best theory of time travel that I've ever heard um, from Avengers Endgame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is this uh, story. I'm I'm real big into fringe shit. Like uh, I grew up listening to Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. You know, yes, Coast UFOs. to Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that's, that was, I listened to Coast to Coast AM every night of my life for like, you know, like 15 years. Um, and I'd fall asleep to this shit. But anyways, so there was a, there's a story about this. If you guys look it up, it's uh, the John Teeter story. It's T-I-T-O-R. And um, this came out, I don't know, maybe late 90s. And basically the story is, uh, this family, and, and this this is exactly how it went down. People to this day are still trying to figure out a way to debunk it, okay? But uh, this family's living uh, their life, and I think they're like in rural Nebraska or Oklahoma or something like that, somewhere in the mid Midwest. Uh-huh. And um, they're just living their life, and all of a sudden, somebody fucking shows up at that door and says, uh, uh, you know, um, I'm a long lost relative da, 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 da. and they bring him in and he says, well, you're not going to believe this, but uh, I have something to tell you. And he says, I'm from the future and I'm actually your son who he's looking at right now as a little boy. And he says, I'm from the future. Um, I'm part of a special uh, special forces time group. Um, basically what happened is um, we, we had some type of event that, uh, caused uh you know a big uh, pandemic and um the whole world lost a huge part of its population which flung us into a a war with uh, russia and china and um basically the whole east coast was destroyed uh america and the world lost a huge huge part of its population but we were because we had such good scientists um at the time there were special you know, black plot project groups that were figuring out how to time travel and they figured out how to time travel. And basically they turned it into a special forces group because they wanted to stop the pandemic or the, the destruction. Right. Yeah. And, and the way that, and that this guy explained time travels, he said the way time travel works is figure you have this long straight line, right? And mm-hmm. on each, on the straight line, you have your world is in the middle. And then another world is here, another world is here, and, and same with the other way, for infinity, okay? Uh-huh. But, but here's your world in the middle. If you go to this world right next to you, the world is almost going to be exactly the same except for the smallest difference, like a butterfly 
flapped its, wing, its wings uh, differently on this date uh, on the world next to you. But the further you get away from your timeline, the world is totally different. And it's like stepping through mirrors, okay? Like, have you ever looked in, a, in the infinity mirrors? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, that's what it's like. It's like the further you get away from your mirror, the more different stuff is. And so that, that's why, you know, you can get away with seeing yourself. There's multiple timelines. There's infinitesimal timelines. Isn't that the and, premise of the one where he goes and has to go kill him, himself into different timelines and get the powers so he's more powerful? Jet is that Lee. Highlander? No, that was Jet Li. Well, it's oh, also I don't Highlander. remember that, I, but it could be. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like i just spent the last two minutes <laughs> describing a movie like <laughs> yeah you fucking ruined it but anyways this uh that that's kind of like how i look at time the john teeter story is amazing As a matter of fact hold on here yeah go ahead sorry for all yeah. the the beeping i'm trying to get something figured this, out on my end this right here is the original book okay and so what ended up happening is he wasn't supposed to go live with his family he was supposed he was on a mission to go find a special IBM computer from the late 1990s. And the reason why they need this type of IBM computer is all the technology in his world line got destroyed up to a certain point of technology. And they, they knew that this certain IBM computer had um, uh, programming on it that was never put on another computer in the future because they didn't think they needed it, but they did need it. So he had, to go back and find it and they couldn't find any on their world line so that's what he did fuck and uh this box to go when he found the computer he left and he's like i can't, i gotta go see my parents like i gotta go see my parents so he broke you know he messed up and he went and uh saw his parents and he stayed with his family for like two years damn and uh, on his time, right? And while he was there, this is when the internet was at the point where you could go on, like, remember back in the day, like, there was, it wasn't shit like we're doing now. It was forums, and you would type, yeah. and then AOL. Wait for, all right, yeah. so he learned to go on the, he went on the internet and started going on these forums, and he started, he went to a time travel forum. Um, and this was actually associated with Coast to Coast Art. It was, it was the Coast to Coast, it was the, actually the Art Bell Forum, Mm-hmm. that he first went on to and he went to a time travel forum and started talking with these people yeah yeah well you know he would tell people hey they would ask him well what's going to happen in our future and he said he explained to them i can't tell you that he goes we i may i can't tell which world i'm on it could be one close to my world it could be one way away from my world so you know what happens you know in the future depends on where how close i am to my world line and he says, I, ca- I can't tell. He goes, but I can tell you what happened on my timeline. And he explained everything. And a lot of that stuff to a point started happening. He said that there, he talked about 9-11, I think. He talked really? about uh, uh, the um, Y2K. I guess on his world line, that's what it was. On his world line, Y2K really happened. Oh, and shit. Okay. it caused all this shit to happen, this pandemic to happen, all this craziness because it knocked all everything out. Right. Yeah. So That's anyways, insane. he ended up having to go back and he went back to his timeline. Um, and he s- told his mom, you know, to, t- I don't ever want anybody to know who you guys are, but, uh, 
you know, release a book or you can really, sorry, he didn't say release a book. This is um, a book that the family released. It's all the um, forum posts. So you, Oh this shit. Is what okay. this is. You can go okay. online and read them. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. this book is. So anyways, and what's it called again? What's it called again? This one's called, uh, the book is called John Teeter, a time traveler's tale. All right, cool, cool. I'm going to try and pull so, it up right now. Yeah, so, but, and, and he was from 2036. But anyways, that's, that's like the best timeline theory I've ever heard. That it's, it's like stepping through mirrors. And the closer you are to your world line, the more similar stuff is. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. That makes it so you can time travel. You know, uh, Back to the Future fucked it up for everybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, that actually, you know, that sounds... There you go. See that he he gave schematics of his time machine. Um, what is inside the, the box? Here's the crazy crazy thing. He talks about it. He doesn't exactly know because he 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 just knows what the box was. And these are he shows his shows a patch of his um, special forces group. Uh, supposedly, what his time travel machine is is like an old school Camaro. Um, he just, you can put that box in anything. <laughs> yeah, you can put that box in anything. And he says what it's like when you're going through time. He says you turn it on and it creates like a bubble around you. And um, look at it. Yeah, and it's, he, he says that bubble <laughs> around you, that's like all you see. And then you just show up in another time. So like Terminator style. Exactly. That is very, very interesting. And so, and so he ends up going back home, like, or back to his he timeline? He ends up going back home, and we're not sure if he ever came back. Now, there is a – the family hired a lawyer um, so because they didn't want anybody to know their um, identity, but they, but they wanted to talk about it. And uh, so they hired a lawyer. The lawyer supposedly has never met the family face-to-face. Uh, -face. It's always through – uh, somebody, he would call somebody that somebody would call somebody else and they would talk, you know, at first, like through somebody. But then he says, I've never seen him face to face. Wonder how they pay him. That's yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's very similar to the way that I, I, I view time as far as being able to travel through it. You know, I, I can't say for certain, but my money's definitely on like uh, anytime I try and describe it, it's like, it's like the mirror thing. Like uh, you're seeing like a trillion pieces of rice paper that are lined up all together and rice paper. So thin, it's so, so thin. And so like each page, mechanics. right. And so like each page kind of looks the same, like each line kind of looks close, but if you look close, the same thing. Yeah. I mean, there's the same thing and like each page can be a little bit different. You're maybe, saying the same thing. Huh? What? You're saying the exact same thing he said. No, I know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you're right. Well, then what do you think, Sam? I think it's like, uh, imagine you have a very bouncy sheet and you stretch it thin. And mm -hmm. then, for example, and you put like a bowling ball in the middle. That's gravity. So anything around it, time and gravity, that's pretty much what it is. So like, this, this is actually, this is some shit that you can look up. But yeah, that's pretty much what gravity is. So like, like as we're seeing stars, there's no star on the other side. They're gone. So gravity and, and time are, are different in every location. So time is not linear. It's actually just like water. It's, it's, it's ever-changing. Um, and so time 2,000 light years away from us is 
completely different from right now. That's future or past, depending on which way you're, you're looking at it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, the whole mirror thing, like that's a good way to try to try to see it in your head. But I don't think I think everything's happening and has happened already. And, and it's all at once. Time is just right now. You know, our our birth and death are in the same exact moment. Yeah, I, I don't think we can fathom. Yeah, there's no way. Is. Yeah, I think because I mean, it, dude, it, it's taking the brightest minds in quantum physics to even try to scratch that surface. Surface. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. Um, it's yeah. I I, I'm I'm a huge um, space fanatic, like space buff, um, and uh, I actually worked in the space industry for a long time. And oh yeah, I want to talk about that after yeah. after this. And there is something that's so unfathomable about time and space. <clears throat> and uh, the way I like to explain this, how to explain this is, when you look up in the night sky and you hold like a one inch by one inch area away, like from from in your fingers, and you see through that, and only the space that you see in between your fingers, right? That there are more galaxies in that area this big of that whole night sky than there are grains of sand on the earth can you think can you picture that in your head i still like i mean i can say it yeah but i can't picture that that's fucking beyond when yeah. you start really thinking about that and that's just an area this big yeah try but to G think about everything but else but jesus died for our sins Oh, you know, God. Yeah, we'll, we'll get started. On, don't the get me started on that. Six thousand years old. Yeah, yeah, right. We'll talk a little bit about for religion. Talk a little about working in the space industry, dog. I, I right, uh, right after Catholic school. That's not yeah. something I really know much about on your end. That's super interesting. Uh, I um, I actually just walked away from from this industry recently, and uh, and the reason why is because. In the last four years in my industry, they've taken an industry that I loved so much. I used to brag to my friends about going to work. Like there was rules in my circles of friends where I couldn't talk about work because I would talk about how great it was. And like, like I never thought you could find a job that you fucking loved. Like you'd wake up in the morning and you would be going to work being like, I get to do this today. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but corporate America and corporate world, the mindset of a corporate entity has ruined that feeling you know what i mean uh, like they've they, i had when you when you have people who, who when when your industry went from the per, everybody in that industry has has started from the bottom and moved up all the way to the top so they know what every job how to do every job when you go from that to being your now your boss has no idea what you do or how to do it but he had, he's going to tell you like how to work yeah. because and, he he did well at some other company exactly at some other company and so like they completely but that's a whole another thing so i walked away are you allowed to tell us what company you work I, at? I work for well i yeah i work for i work for honeywell oh okay uh, yeah. nice yeah, yeah. Nice. i was so, looking at their stock the other day <laughs> well uh i'll talk to you about that afterwards uh, <laughs> um so anyways i it, I worked in a, an industry that was fucking amazing. I, that's what I'm trying to explain. And, and I, what I did is <clears throat> I worked in an engineering test lab. So I recreated space, um, the environment of space. Because wow. when you have, when you have a satellite, right, 
your, so we made um, propulsion units for satellite systems. When you're making anything that goes into space, you can't just go up there and fix it when there's something goes wrong, yeah. right? It's not going to happen. Even if you could, it would cost millions of dollars. The amount to send something up into space per pound is outrageous, you know? It's insane. insane. If Tom DeLong told us anything on Joe Rogan's podcast, <laughs> right? it was yeah. that. Yeah. So um, anyways, you have to make sure that those products that are going to work, you know, every, your cell phones, are, I, you name a satellite that's gone up in the last 10 years and not my handiwork's on it. Okay. So Damn. That's, that's basically what I did. I, and, and so I recreated um, the environment of space. Uh, one, the first part of the environment of space you have to recreate is uh, being in a vacuum. So I had these big vacuum systems that you could walk into. And I would put those in there and then we would put it in a vacuum. And then also in space, because you're in a vacuum, you got super heat and super cold. So we would run it all the way up to like, you know, four or five, 400 degrees. You know what I mean? Is that and make, it, make it do it, run it, run through its shit, yeah. it test, and then drop it all the way down to negative, you know, 100 degrees. It's because if, if this, it's just like the side the sun is touching is that hot and the side exactly. that's not touching is that cold. It's you so crazy. It. Yeah. And, and then after we did that and everything worked good, then I would go put it on this big, huge table where it'd shake the shit out of it so fast. You can't see it. All right. And, um, uh, I, I would put it through these paces, uh, to shake it at certain G levels. And what you're trying to do is you're basically recreating launch, right? Damn. Because when you launch into space, you're for three minutes, you're going through fucking hell like uh, the human body like a paint can in one of those paint mixers exactly damn so that's so that's what i did and i fucking loved it man Uh, you you, my boss who was my mentor was the type of person that i would go to war for you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like like he he empowered me in a way because he took a kid that that didn't know any of this stuff and and taught him it and then said now this is your lab so I ran it by myself for five, six years. You know what I mean? And my boss was empowering. And then the whole corporate thing happened. And now I have a boss who uh, doesn't know what I do. My empowerment boss was so sick of all the bullshit he left. Now I'm running a lab that I'm, I'm one person. It should be four people. I'm doing not only the engineering work. I'm doing the, the secretary work. I'm doing the technical work. I'm doing the, you know, the grunt work. I'm doing everything. And it just became to the point where they made me hate my job and I never thought that would happen. Damn. So I had to walk away, but still to this day, like if, if I decide to go back to corporate America, I right now I'm not, I'm trying to you know work this out on my own, but yeah. I don't, I don't want to go do that. I want to do something that I love. And I thought I would have that career forever. Like I never once imagined walking away from that. Wow. That must be crazy to love something so hard and then fucking turn around. And- it, it, there, it was hard. And, and it was very, very hard, man. That's and, heartbreaking uh, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, when you, when you wake up and do something like that for every day for, you know, 15 years, you get to a point like when you don't do it anymore, it's different. It's weird. You know? Yeah. So, but man, you know, I, is there any way, I mean, for the same company, or would you go work for a different company? You know, is, is I the would love work, for it so you know, I would, I would, I would go work for the same company. I could never go work for the same person or people. You gotcha. know what I mean? Yeah. But right gotcha. now, 
I've decided that I'm going to take at least a year and try to make it on my own. Like I want to be my own boss. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like make your own spaceships. Fucking it. <laughs> like get to the moon um, on your own, man. Wh- whatever. Like there's, I'm, I, I don't even need to be in that part of it. Like you, you okay. guys know, I've, I've talked to you guys. I do the comic book stuff and the, well, that yeah. was my next part. You know, now that you're not working as a fucking world renowned satellite scientist, you know, that gives <laughs> you a little bit more time to kind of like, talk a little bit about like the trading card thing. Like how long have you been doing that? Like, like what's the name of the show one more time? It's unwrapped, right? No, it's, um, Tales from the flip side. Tales from the flip side. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, so basically what it is, is just a, um, a place, it's a podcast where we talk about finding stuff and being able to like for cheap and then flipping it for more, whether it be comic books, action figures, toys, cars, collectibles, all collectibles. Yeah. Nice. Everything's collectible. Is that kind of like the, uh, do you guys remember back in the day when the dude took a pen and he traded it for a house? And like, yes, he like, he like, is it, is kind of like that? It's kind of like that. Um, that or was is, my plan to, in the beginning to like, for my part of the show, mm-hmm. um, that I wanted to like be that person that flips something all the way up to something bigger, but it, it's hard to do that. It's hard <laughs> to, for me, it's hard to stay on track. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever been around or you, maybe you might be these type of people. Like I'm the type of person that loves starting projects, but I can never finish them. Oh yeah, dude. Out of 10 projects I start, I maybe finish two or three. Yeah. yeah I'm the same way. And I just love, I love the, the, the part where you're starting a project motivated about it. Yeah. But when you get to, I just have a hard time when it starts getting hard. Yeah, when, it's that, when, you, when there's actual work, <laughs> when you're well, like, Oh wait, else <laughs> pops in my head and I go, I want to do this now. And I, I will, yeah. I won't like, you know, most people will go, okay, I'm going to finish this before I do that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, like, so we, we, we just, we're, uh, you know, we just talk about collectibles. We talk a lot about the comic industry. Um, that's a Which big part of it. Doing terrible right now. It's doing terrible right now. It's sad, man. You, um, we uh, talk you have a the lot baseball about, card collection. Um, we talk a lot about baseball cards and trading cards. Uh, because that's where we're huge into right now. Like we we're we've kind of taken a quick side side trip into the trading card area and um, any uh, Marvel uh, flares and fleers because I got tons of them. We actually are looking for some unopened of that right now oh, to actually wow. open on the show. But you know what? Those those are a big part um, of the collectible world right now because it's a lot of people our age that are going back to their childhood and they're collecting yeah. that 94 stuff. Fleer fucking yeah. Marvel cards. Yeah, I got yeah. dude, I got so many of those. I got a portfolio little portfolio things full of them. They're um, fucking gorgeous. You'll have to yeah. you'll have to have Sam on the show, bro, so you guys can Fuck school yeah, him on, on on the comic book knowledge. It's there is a lot of money to be made there, but there's it's also a lot of, it's it's fun. Sam knows. Sam Sam has oh, been on, you know no, the you're good. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, you know, I um when it comes to like collecting stuff, I can't really say Here we go. I've Here's had some a of my, Check this out. Oh, is he, oh, yeah, oh, he has them. I thought I he had have a couple. Back at the Arizona I have a couple. One. These are some of my favorites from when I was a kid. Hold them up to the oh, camera. Oh, yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Very Wolverine, cool. Wolverine, Wolverine cards. And Hulk. This one though. Nerd. This one is what is that Iceman old school x-men boom oh that's dope it's a it's a bronze X-Men number card. one that's x-men number one that's dope Very yeah this cool. is it's got a certificate of authenticity and it's, it's a big fucking bronze ass card 
and this that's thing. fucking cool very yeah, I got a, yeah i got a bunch of other ones but uh yeah man i got a lot of cards these are just me, the ones huh there let me tell you there's some money in, in these things you guys might not realize it but there are some money in in trading cards right now um michael yeah. jordan rookie cards sell for oh yeah for sure millions, right and so yeah. you think like i'll never have anything like that there is a, a card from 2011. Like, that's not even that old. That's like nine years yeah. old, right? Yeah. That sells for $50,000 in, you know, like in a PSA 10. Who there's is cards it? like that. Well, there's Mike, uh, Mike Trout rookie card in a PSA 10 uh, uh, parallel of that set will sell for thousands upon thousands of dollars. There's wow. inserts from the late 90s of basketball that sell for thousands of dollars that people don't realize it. It's crazy, and it's yeah. because people our age are getting, like I said, we're getting nostalgic. We're getting nostalgic. Yeah, you're like, I want to finish this collection that I was never able to finish as a kid because that's what I did as soon as I became an adult. I started buying a bunch of shit I couldn't get when I was a kid. Yes. I'm like, ah, a, fuck, I'm an adult. I make, I'm making my own money. I'll buy what I want. That's what the whole show is about. Like garbage. We, we talk a lot about garbage pail kids. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mad balls. You remember mad balls? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, muscles, the and little pogs. muscle men, pogs. Um, uh, we want to get some Pokemon experts on. We want to get some Magic the Gathering experts nice. on. You know, I, I mean? had a good collection of that too. That shit's worth money, man. People are making good money off of it, and 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 there's money to be made in all that stuff. And the reason why is because of what we're using right now, and that's the internet. The internet is a fucking game changer. It's yeah. a you know, game it's it's, it's funny you say that too because it's like. I remember when I got back into all my Super Nintendo and Nintendo games, they weren't worth that much. You know, I could find, you know, a Nintendo game that I really liked for about 10, 15 bucks. You look at the same game today, 250, yeah. 300 yeah. bucks. It's yep. the same. Yeah. yeah. Unopened. Oh my God. If you can find an unopened video game, any video game unopened, the, oh, the yeah. value yeah. on it is ridiculous. But some games, Jesus Christ, man, like a yeah. hundred thousand dollars unbelievable unbelievable yeah. and that just goes to show you the type of market that can be available for anything out there people will buy anything from old toys to feet picture to so, i wonder if beanie babies are going to make its way back they yeah. slowly are people they made too many are, they though. slowly are yeah they slowly are man wow. i guarantee everything goes in cycles everything goes in cycles yeah Sam all those little kids that had the beanie babies growing up are going to be like one day be like i want the neon one that i wasn't allowed to get so Brian, you know, you're a scientific man, you know, you're you're very you're very astute, you know, you have your head surrounded by kind of just like uh, reality. I don't sense you being like the Pokemon collector. You weren't a Pokemon collector or anything. You I, I, I was and... too old. I was too old when it came to that. Mm -hmm. Um I, I was Do you think you would right have? The... Oh yeah, definitely, man. I'm a collector at heart, man. I grew up I grew up in a household. My mom is still to this day. She collected everything. Pez. She had fucking thousands of Pez dispensers. You know what I mean? Wow. She, that fucking like, company. Yeah, like, they made money. Beanie Babies. My mom was huge into Beanie Babies. My mom was big into uh, when, we, when we were really young, Cabbage Patch Kids. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. my, my mom collected, and I think that got unfortunately passed down to me. So I'll collect anything. I'll go through phases, man. But Wait, I was what's just the line between the a collector and a hoarder? Oh, that's a very fine line. Uh, yes, but a hoarder uh, finds use in everything, even trash. A collector, the I think the thing was made with like there's there's an object that's like uh, there's some fan. It's some f sort of fan art. It's from some something yes. like a show 
or yeah. whatever, you know. So there's that difference because a hoarder will fucking find a, a stick in, in, in on the street yeah. and be like, I could use this to fix that other thing I got two years ago that's underneath 20 years of bullshit. Hmm. Makes no sense. Yeah. I'll yeah. go through phases though, but I'll, and I'll, re- I'll, 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 I'll hoard shit, man. Like, uh, I went through a phase when I got back into comics where I, I just wanted every comic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to amass as much as possible. So I guess there's you collectors can go through phases of hoarding. Collectors, Sam's right. Uh, definitely hoarding, go through phases. Yeah. Hoarding. I never thought of it that way, but you're, you're a hundred percent right. Hoarding is that where you, you, where you want, you think everything has value. Value. Yeah, no, but I mean the the whole phase thing is true because I'll go through phases where I'll I'll go on eBay and then all of a sudden next thing I know I'm I, I've been buying things for months and then I'll stop because like my collection is you know it it grew so I, I <laughs> yeah you have nowhere to, you have nowhere my, to put shit that's no. that's where you're having a problem yeah. dude my comics I have thousands of comics in storage it's in it's insane it's yeah. insane there are I love giant that boxes. Shit, yeah when i see it i get all happy i'll look through it and be like oh my god i remember all of these (laughs) you know there's not one comic i could look at the cover where i'm like uh you know i remember every page of that fucking comic yeah that's cool that's so interesting because i'm not i'm not really a collector you know i don't i don't i think maybe because i'm such a hobo you know i don't really i don't stay in one place for long and i'm not you know i don't you don't take you don't you've never really took taken care of things though i don't carry well that's you know anything that i have like that's a prized possession is at home with my mom you know like any any of my old comics or anything that has like in, like extreme but i bet you that spine on that comic is tore the no, fuck they're all, up. they're all pristine man mm-hmm. they're all mm-hmm. they're all just there in a box since i was like 16 or something you know and even then i didn't yeah i like having all of my stuff neat like back then in the day and then but after i left i just moved so much that when i did get nice things i would break them or something would happen and i just i got to the point where i was like it wouldn't make it even any sense like to to like hold on to anything because it's gonna get a part of that is good i wish i could be like that like i i would love to become a minimal minimalist in my life to where i own very little yeah i would love to do that yeah um, i just I, I just couldn't do it i know well, believe believe you me you know once once you know everything you know now that now that i've decided you know kind of like what i want with the rest of my life and sort of what i expect of myself like i'll i'll eventually like i remember i told sam once i can't remember what we we were doing or something but i was like you know what like now i realize why you have so much shit stacked up at the house at your house like because you'll just randomly need it one day like one day just once you'll need that like well, random also, no, swedish we allen talk- wrench like i think we were know. also talking about i remember that conversation we were talking about how uh it accumulates without you even realizing it next thing it you happens know, quickly yeah you blink your somewhere. eyes and and for me again it and there's almost um and there's almost just this animal like instinct for me. And it took me a while to kind of beat down. Like I said, I didn't really buckle down on anything until Arizona when we started planning all of this, like, and, and really like kind of, you know, doing that. But like before then, man, like it just, I would see, I would see things starting to stack up in my closet and I would f- start feeling like a little too comfortable. Like things were going too well, like, like, like something was kind of like wrong and maybe that's just like an excuse yeah look <laughs> at this guy behind me right now um there's you know maybe it's just like an excuse or something but like and most likely it is but i remember just seeing all of that stuff and just being like like 
telling myself what's next without a plan, but just like convincing my brain, like, well, it's time to go somewhere. It's time to do something like this, this like thing of like trying to outrun your problems and thinking that it's going to go somewhere else and be different. Yeah. That's a coping mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and And, and and we all have that. We all go through that. I, I, we all have a crutch that we rely on. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And it so. takes a while to break, you know, like I said, now that, and now that I kind of know exactly kind of what to do and everything, like I can, I can certainly see myself, you know, the next place that I get, like really like trying to like, you know, like, you know, not necessarily hoard things, but, but maybe get my comics from mom, you know, and have them on a bookshelf, like own a bookshelf. You know, I've never, I haven't owned a bookshelf in like eight years. You know what I mean? Like nine yeah, years. No, like, you, you want to take pride because I mean, we are animals uh, of, you know, we we grew up in caves. We have a home. Like yeah. we're we're like little rats. We we have a nest. We have a home. We have our objects. We have the things that we like and that we collect and that we want to look at at night. Or you know, so yeah. I think it's it's re- very healthy. If especially if you're not traveling, like you said, you were traveling and doing a bunch of stuff, which is fine. But you know, don't. But now let, I'm not a hobo anymore. That's what you know, I'm saying. So eventually, yeah. you know, you might settle down a little bit now that you're at a place where you want to stay and work at. And then there's nothing wrong with getting a shelf and then adding, you know, getting yeah. a couple things to put on it. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Nah, there isn't. There isn't. I guess my brain is always so obsessed with running in the event of something going wrong. Well, you, you don't know, need like, to grab everything off your shelf. We gotta go. We gotta go. I gotta like, keep my collectibles. <laughs> Brian, or or like, I can't leave. I spent sixty five dollars on this fucking drawer for you know what? That's I can't wh- like. You be like the, the one of those people on hoarders when they're like, look, can we just throw away this Tupperware? No, I got that Tupperware from blah blah blah. Well, I'm a very extreme guy, you know. When when I when I you know we we Sam makes fun of me sometimes because like I don't really go out and I date or do anything like that, and I tell Sam I'm like. You know, if I date, like, it, I, I would sink myself in 100%. It would be on that level of... Well, that's what of, that's that's why you need to do a little bit of water trading. You got to dip your toe in that. Because well, that's why I just be slamming dating, clams, you know, when I got to slam clams and go 12, 20 toes to Jesus. Like, I keep it at that distance. But, but like, you know, when when, when 20, I want to, like... What? What? I, what? 20, 20, 20 toes to Jesus. Yeah. You guys have never heard about that one? No. Going no. 12 toes to Jesus? Making the Bacasaurus, bro. You know what I mean? Going commando. I like, it took me a Going second. commando like, into her foxhole. You've never. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and 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 um, I don't know. Sam and I have had conversations beforehand. You know where he'll point out. You know, well, you know, look at this. Look at this person. You know, they had a kid, and they still. You know, they use that as a drive, and and uh, you use that as a catalyst, and. I don't, I don't disagree with that. But again, with the personality that I know I am, you know, the way I drank, you know, and the way, you know, the way I smoke, not saying that those are the bad things. I'm just saying my obsessive personality, sort of like my addictive personality. Like if I had children, I would put all of this on the back burner. You know, none of this would even be a priority. Well, no, see, that's where I just, again, that's where I disagree with you because now that you have a kid, you know, yeah, maybe the problems that would arise, a rejection letter or something like that is not that big of a deal because, you know, the, I think to me world. the risk factor is you're more likely to get like like something's going to get lost whether it's quality in the work of what you're trying to get successful for or your family life. Something I don't know man, I've heard lost. so many stories of people who are like, you know, I was at home and like I if I didn't have that 
I have a baby sitting there. I need to make this thing and that drive, you know, where you're only sleeping one hour a night. I mean, that's a hell of a Damocles blade to have a, above your head. There's got to be easier ways to, like, no, make they, you do things. Like, no, I just, I just mean, like, because you, you, you said that if you ever did get a kid, it, it oh, would yeah. just take away from everything. And I'm like, that's not necessarily true because there's plenty, plenty, plenty of people that have been uberly successful with what do you think we deal with what we deal with like it's people that's one thing that i think of i'm so glad i don't have kids because it is such a huge responsibility but you know we deal with what we deal with that's they they seem to make it work i mean yeah people it's it's not it's it's funny because uh you hear people I've never gotten to this point and I got to get to this point soon. I really need, I'm a big, huge, we've talked about it before. I'm a big, huge psychonaut. And I really think that psychedelics um, can take you to a place to where it, it tells you that everything's going to be all right. And we as humans are a lot um, more powerful than we think we are. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and especially uh, you hear people that go on these uh, DMT trips and when they finally break through on a, on a DMT, DMT trip, you know, they meet that, that female entity that basically just assures them that everything's okay and that everything's going to be okay. And you're not giving yourself enough credit. Like it, humans are, can do anything they want. That's why we're better than gods because gods are, are they have a set plan that they have to take care of right they have to they're they're a god of the sea is is constantly dealing with the sea you know uh, zeus is constantly throwing fucking thunderbolts fucking humans we don't have to we can do whatever the fuck we want and so and we have free will thing yeah we have free will yeah and 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 that's what free will is free will isn't something that is god given or i mean it probably is uh, it's whatever god is is nature given but when I think, I don't think of, uh, you know, as in the Christian aspect, I think of it as in, look at everything other than humanity is, is bound to a set of laws, right? And that's called instinct. The, the, the plant has to grow towards the sun. It, can, it has to. The dog will always chase the ball, right? That's, we're, because we have, we don't have instinct, we have free will, right? That's right. what free will is. Right. So we can do anything and we don't give ourselves enough credit in that, including myself. Like I, I second guess myself all the time, but I think that psychedelics take us to a place that remind us that we can, get, and, it, and it, it puts that deep inside of us. You know what I mean? It really puts that deep inside of us. It makes you really believe it. Um, so going into that, when's the last time you took a, you took a nice little trip? Fuck. Man, I was just when you were talking about that, I was thinking I have that DMT pen. Sam has that DMT pen. We keep on saying we're gonna we keep on saying we're gonna take it on the air. Dude, every time I pull that thing out, I get butterflies. I'm like, oh yeah, we kind of listen a little bit. Listen, I'm the same way. I I I get the bubble guts like you will never believe. But I'll tell you this: that first little hit you take off of it erases that. Yeah, it erases that. It's yeah. not like shrooms where you sit there for 10 minutes going or longer, but after I eat it, I'm always going, man, I shouldn't have done that. I should. Yeah. Fuck. I should uh, fuck, man. I yeah. Cause, cause that's I, like straight, like food poisoning. You can feel that. At that I can't point, do sh- like I, I, I used to love, and here's where I'm a hypocrite. Um, I got to get back into the shroom game, but my stomach is so fucking jacked from all the drug Damn. use over the years, man, that it turns into a, 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 a the party I'm having is a fucking throw up every 15 minutes. Type <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I've never, I have never, I've only, 
the only time my stomach does anything on shrooms is when it first starts kicking in. Mm-hmm. That's the only time. I might have like a little pain, a little cramp. The first not, poop? No, 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 the, no. Might, might have like that bubblegut farts, but no, like I, I've, I've never thrown up. I, I would see my friends just vomit and then they would be like, I'm tripping. I, would ne- I never vomited. I don't know why. <sighs> I but, hate throwing up more than anything in the world, and I just I can't especially when you're tripping. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys think you're orange like juice your helps are the about trip? To go out. <laughs> what? Do you guys think orange juice helps the trip? Not with mushrooms. I just put I just put the I because I grind it up into a powder. Yeah, and that's I, the way I, to do it. And, and then, then I just put do fucking juice. rails of it. Yeah, dude, I stick it up my ass in little capsules. Easy. That's the fucking best way to do it, man. Then you don't get sick. <laughs> now we're thinking now we're thinking ahead Um, we're gonna boof this all right well we're here in the last five minutes man uh you know mcclay do you have any upcoming projects anything you want to plug on your side um yeah we're gonna have you on again so it's uh, i'd love it man i i enjoy fucking hanging out we gotta fucking one of these days me and keith gotta figure out a way to get out uh your way your guys please do an in-person uh uh interview again that would be amazing man we would definitely love to have you guys social distance we'll have we'll all stand on one side of a room yeah, hopefully yeah. this shit ends soon hopefully this shit ends soon it will. well it, it will then it's gonna come back and fall it'll be fine don't worry that's about what's gonna it. happen i think uh, what they need to do is get cyclical with uh this quarantining you can't even spell cyclical bro um what's <laughs> your uh so what do we, what's coming up for you mcclay um, uh um just check out the podcast uh youtube.com slash the podcast um you know, me and Keith are doing our thing. Uh, check out Tales from the Flip Side. Uh, just yes. uh, you, you go on YouTube and search uh, Tales from the Flip Side, and uh, you'll see a little um, uh, cassette tape logo. Okay. Uh, check out Absolute Geek Podcast. That's a podcast yes. with some homies here. We're going to talk about that next time you're on. Yeah. So uh, check out the Absolute Geek Podcast. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's it. And can they find you anywhere? Follow you anywhere? Uh, if they want find me on or? IG uh, at Brian McClay. Brian with a Y. Brian with a Y. Fellow Brian with a Y. Uh, Sam, yeah. what about you, man? Nothing, man. I'm excited about this. What do this you mean, dungeon. nothing? We have all types of stuff coming up. I'm Plug our fucking stuff. talking about it. I'm just excited about this uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing that we got started. Yes, um, yes so it is going to be a lot of fun. You know, Sam got to meet a lot of uh, old friends of mine, uh, childhood friends of mine. And I got think to I meet. saw pictures of some of them when you went to that wedding. He got to see my brother and uh, or speak with my brother, and uh, it's it's uh, worlds collide. So it's very it's very interesting, and it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Yeah. And what's the name of that show, Sam? Oh, uh, roll four twenty. Yeah, roll four twenties, baby. I know. I, li- I like that when you when I saw the name, I was like, "That's clever." Yeah, That's we're gonna awesome. get some good artwork, baby. We're gonna get some That's good artwork. Awesome. It's you know, I have a really great feeling about this show because it's it's specialized. You know what I mean? It's not this, that, and the other where it's me and Sam yelling at each other. You know, it's Perry's a, a niche. You know, uh, what's hood is gaining traction little by little. This, you know, really puts it puts a you know real straight like. You know, the goal is is to kind of... To well, I'm looking forward to... See, the only thing that I'm not really stoked on is that we're doing this once a month, which it's normal because they're going to be like three, four, five hour long fucking things. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not enough not enough learning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the next time we, we're going to do it, we're going to have to like relearn almost. Well, you but know, I am, a, I, I am interested process. in seeing... Yeah, I am interested in seeing how, how we're going to do it. Probably the third, fourth one is, gonna, you know, where we start understanding the mechanics of it yeah. and where we, where we really get to, to have fun with it. But no, I think it's going to be cool. 
Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and then for me, guys, uh, if you could just do us a huge favor, uh, go follow the Bogcast on YouTube. Um, show them a little bit of love. Uh, they're on Instagram as well, the Bogcast. That's B-O-G-C-A-S-T. Uh, and for us, please, if you guys can, make sure that you guys follow us on uh, YouTube. Uh, that's Binge on This. You'll see Sam's face and my face with our logo up there. And make sure that you guys follow us on Instagram as well. That's Binge on This channel. Uh, just the way it's spelled. Uh, you can follow me at the real R E E L underscore Hawaiian Brian, the way it sounds. And you can find Sam at uh, what is it, Sam? At Sam underscore tattoo underscore. Don't 13. even ruin my don't even ruin my closer with that music. You should be playing that directly through YouTube on the computer, you madman. Um, yeah, and that's about it, guys. Uh, go ahead and uh, keep an eye out for What's Hood with Forever Cabron, a shot of the Latinx community from the streets. Uh, happy news with Perry Kurtz, a 69-year-old professional comic from Los Angeles, filling you up with knowledge and advice. And, of course, uh, reading Ronin, where I read some of classic American short stories, such as The Lottery, um, you know, Edgar Allan Poe. You get to hear me um, actually read and not just talk. Um, it's, it's, it's fucking great. Uh, Sam of All Trades is coming back. It's going to be really wonderful. It's where Sam interviews a whole bunch of people from different trades. Uh, first interview is going to be my stepdad, an electrical engineer at NASA. So that's going to be a fun little conversation for them to have. Uh, and then finally, Roll 420s, guys. The upcoming Dungeons & Dragons show coming to you from Binge on this channel. It's going to take six strangers and throw them onto an amazing high fantasy, no pun intended, or is there a pun intended, adventure for everybody where you guys are going to be able to sit down and enjoy uh, and that's about it, guys. Uh, just remember to love each other, stay safe, and to dream a dream a thousand dreams, bro. Geronimo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Brian. N-word. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much, buddy. We appreciate it, bro. Yeah.